0: The Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Centre for Computing History, Cambridge. Making the history of computing fun for everyone.
1: Visit computinghistory.org.uk to find out more. Welcome to The Gadget Guide.
0: Yeah, welcome to Gadget Guide. Show number 265 with the latest tech news and then we'll look at ways to work better from home.
1: But first of all, a look at this week's technology news and we'll start off uh in the world of apple with the uh the apple vision pro headset so this is coming well at least to uh to the u.s uh at the start of february uh pre-orders coming up in the next few days
0: yes you'll be able to order if you're based in the u.s you'll be able to order this uh in as you say the next few days about the 19th of january i think is when orders open shipping second of february in the u.s now they are being quite um Canada. On that, it is US only at the moment. Uh, they hope to launch to the rest of the world sometime later. Uh, they're saying that Canada and the UK will probably get it late 2024, middle to late 2024.
1: Okay, so this isn't uh, isn't something we're going to be seeing on the streets of Cambridge anytime, particularly soon. Um, but- uh, Apple Research based in Cambridge. I'm I'm willing True. to bet that, that there
0: will be a couple in Cambridge. It's just they'll be behind uh, locked doors and. Uh, available to those engineers to actually work with, I would imagine.
1: Now, Apple you know, have, haven't been a huge player in the VR world up to uh, this point. They've sort of dabbled around a bit, but you know, pretty much jumping in with, uh, with, with the Vision Pro. and Tim Cook, the, the CEO, uh, quoted as saying that uh, it's the most advanced consumer electronics device ever created. And that's quite the claim. Um, yeah, they really are going for this full arm are
0: It is, it is. And uh, <laughs> the price tag with it, about $3,500 is the current price Ooh. tag. Um, so you are talking about buying an iPhone and an iPad and half a MacBook.
1: And probably a MacBook Air, yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in one unit. But then it is a wearable computer, and that is exactly what they are touting it as, because you don't need a computer to drive it. It's all Right. So, whereas
1: where a lot of things like the the Meta Quest um, headsets uh, and the you know, similar things to that you connect them either with a wire or wirelessly to your computer
0: there's a lot of apps you can run on the meta directly but but, uh, but i guess for a most lot people of stuff they, is improved by running it on a pc
1: yeah most people are going to connect it to frankly a fairly high-end gaming rig in a lot of yeah. cases yeah. um and, and either with a, a cable for the best performance or, or wirelessly for uh, a little bit more freedom um uh, and the the Apple vision is designed first and foremost isn't it to to sit alone self-contained you know just put it on and uh, and then go for it yes interestingly not just the display point of view it's it's obviously a um yeah, full full-on 3d um holographic probably not quite the right word but but certainly uh, um yeah you know virtual reality display but it's also the the input side of things so this is things like you know gesture recognition with with your hands unlike some of the earlier ones you know the expectation is you don't have to hold controllers or or anything like that is that uh, to, to interact with it
0: so yes all of those technologies which have been developed over the the past few years are coming into this product and and it's going to be impressive to see um, but like I said, sometime towards the back end of 2024 for the UK.
1: Interestingly, while we're on uh, VR headsets, I did see uh, uh, a friend online posting that uh, that he'd just got the uh, the Xreal um, uh, VR headset. Uh, which model was it? I've forgotten. Uh the the Xreal Air 2 Pro, um, and these are kind of at the Opposite end of the uh, the the market in terms of pricing, it, it came in at a, a much more real, reasonable um, uh, price point. I'm just looking for it uh, at the moment. I think it was around four hundred pound. Right. Um, very very much the uh, a, a much smaller product, a much slimmer product, um, and very much one that you do connect to uh, a computer. So rather than being the, the kind of full-on VR display, what it does is give you something that looks like a virtual monitor that floats in your field of vision. Right. Um, either as a sort of... Blank out the rest of the world, or actually sit this monitor on top of the world, or even in the corner of your vision. Um, and he was saying, Is he was actually quite impressed at how good it was and as a sort of watching, watching TV in bed kind of thing, watching TV on a flight, that, that sort of thing.
0: The advantage of that sort of thing is you can pair it with everything from your Xbox to your Nintendo Switch to your PlayStation to your computer yeah, and uh, use it, um, in and, all and those- indeed. It,
1: it, he he noted it didn't even need any pairing and it uh by default as it four hundred and forty nine pounds, by the way, the, the price for the air two pro. Um, the other models coming in a little cheaper. Um it literally you it's a USB C plug and it looks like a monitor yeah. to the computer. So there's no apps to, to install, no drivers needed. Uh it even worked on his uh, on his Linux uh, laptop. Um he just plugged it in and it was a monitor. And it worked. Um cool. <laughs> and I I thought that was quite an interesting one.
0: I think the the whole idea of wearable uh compute is yeah, it's certainly becoming interesting. Um in other Apple news and this one I'm I'm just waiting for Apple to start writing the press releases about it, um, but an iPhone has potentially survived a 16,000 foot freefall <laughs> after being yep. uh, blown out of Alaska Air flight 1282, which is the uh uh, Boeing that lost a door plug.
1: Yes, um, and the, 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 this is one of those sort of interesting ones. Of if uh, if you or I drop our phone from uh, a meter or two above the ground, then it's it's probably never <laughs> going to be quite seen. i dropped a phone on the carpet
0: the, mm, and picked it up and gone. That's a big crack.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, indeed. <laughs> and gone, um, what? <laughs> Uh, and maybe this is a little bit of the cat landing on its feet kind of thing. If, if you drop them from a bit higher, they have time to turn themselves around and reorient themselves. Uh, but, but yes, this, this phone was was discovered on the ground. Um, it looks, from the photo, it looks like it was discovered sort of in, in grassland, which no doubt... Uh, uh, bush, can,
0: bushes, apparently.
1: Yeah, c- cushioned the fall a little bit. Um, yeah. But still, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, in good condition. Um, and the screen intact, which is uh, is quite amazing. Yeah. Um uh, yeah.
0: definitely was ripped out, though, because the charging cable was sheared off.
1: Oh. Yes. Yeah, oh so
0: it, it, it um, left the plane quite properly fast. Uh, mm. Anyway, the uh, American um, NTSB, the National Transport Safety Bureau, who are investigating the whole incident, uh, have taken the device... Um, to obviously do a bit of their own investigation maybe see if they can get some telemetry of it about yep. what it did um and uh well, hopefully get it back to its owner
1: i hope so um sticking in apple world for a second the apple airtag 2 so this is the successor to the uh the personal item tracking thing so uh, that's something you stick on your keyring or uh similar uh, maybe a backpack Yep, yeah, yeah your luggage Has my luggage
0: <laughs> got on the plane with me whoops no it hasn't <laughs>
1: yep yeah. um the uh the version two of that is looking to launch but not until 2025 probably um yes that is only one year away now um uh, but apparently they they've still got a quite a lot of stock of the v1s
0: yes uh apparently they they did They did make a lot of them, they have warehouses full of them, Um, so, um, (laughs) yes, Uh, and we haven't bought enough of them, according to Apple. Of course, the challenge is they are built pretty robustly, they don't fail, you change the battery when you need to change the battery and you carry on using them, and most people who've got several of them have still got the original ones. Still got the
1: same seven, yeah.
0: You've got it until you've lost it. (laughs) And,
1: and then, and, and hopefully, one, it, it, it helps you not lose it too often yeah, as well. Yes.
0: So it's uh, it's an interesting one, but uh, well, well, we just I guess hope to see them discounted. Apparently, four packs are on offer at the moment, okay. which
1: well, might be look, a hint. Look for V two coming uh, in due course once once we've all bought the V ones. <laughs> uh, me- meanwhile, uh, sticking uh, sticking with Apple, they've, they've been in the news a lot this week. Um, they they've started making payments um, in a long running. Uh, it was a class action lawsuit actually over in the US, um, and this happened with some of the earlier iPhones when, effectively, Apple when it detected that the battery was showing signs of wear and tear to try and preserve the remaining battery uh, battery life it artificially slowed down the processor and that did mean you got better battery life it meant your your phone kept going for longer uh when it might naturally have been otherwise coming towards the end of its life um but critically it didn't tell people it was doing this um yes and, which, and, which and is this problem, of course if,
0: if, if they had made it public and said to make your phone last longer, to save you some money, we're going to underclock yep. the CPU. Or,
1: or, or uh, even better, give people the choice. Yes, You know, it's pop up a know, thing saying... your battery, battery consumption or yep. slightly slower. Which uh, one would exactly. you like? And, and what they actually did was to just do this completely silently. Uh, and of course, this upset a lot of people who said, no, hang on, I bought this phone, you have no business uh, reducing its performance artificially. Um, uh, and apple have agreed to uh, to to settle the uh, the lawsuit so yeah a 500 million dollar pot um but uh, most people will not be seeing anywhere near that much uh it's actually around 70 pound uh per claim that, so that's uh, that, in the that's us getting.
0: in the in the uk there's a uh, a similar case going through the uk courts to try to argue the same thing but includes a few more phones in the range um and uh, that Case in the UK is looking for one point six billion
1: pounds. Okay, well, uh, watch uh, watch this space. Yes, uh.
0: it's, it's running through the courts, and the lawyers are making money at the moment.
1: Uh, meanwhile, over in uh, somewhere a little closer to home, uh, the British Library. Um, suffered a bit of a, a ransomware attack uh, and of course the internet instantly got to uh, uh got on the the case of uh British library looking to uh, reclaim lost items or stolen items um <laughs> those headlines uh, circulating widely on the internet um but joking aside um yeah, they they did lose access to a considerable number of uh, systems uh, and data stores. Apparently, nine million dollars uh, price tag to uh, to restore some of these services. So probably about, about six, million five six pounds. million, yeah, uh, pounds. Uh, yeah, th- this is a th- this is a major uh, uh, a major blow to them, of course, um, and it it sort of reopened yet another one of the the discussions which which floats around here which is yeah should organizations in this situation consider paying ransoms which um, would have been a fraction of the cost yeah. of the rebuild but on the flip side by doing that you are encouraging the ransomware market yeah right the yeah. the reason that these cyber criminals perform these attacks is to try and get money if people occasionally pay them that money, they will continue doing it. They will do it more often. Um, certainly in the US, there's a lot of discussion about should it be made illegal to pay a ransom in, in these sorts of situations so that effectively companies are forced not to, even mm-hmm. if it would be the cheaper option, and therefore hopefully in the, the the argument goes in the long run, it become, <coughs> it becomes a less tractable business model, and so we should see less ransomware.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, of course, uh, that, that no, only works if you, know, if you make it sufficiently rigorous that no one can pay a ransom, yeah. and therefore all the juicy targets die up, uh, dry up.
0: No word on whether they had insurance to cover any of those costs either. Um, I know that <coughs> cyber insurance, cyber, you know, if you can prove that it was something that you couldn't avoid... Yes. Um, sometimes you can get cover for ransomware, but um, the other thought is, of course, backups and so on. Um, moving on from uh, ransomware and uh, the British Library into the world of art, of, uh, machine learning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a, a marketing article, so it's definitely artificial intelligence, um, and that is the uh, the possibility of a new key coming to a keyboard near you. Um, now first of all how many devices nowadays actually come with keyboards um but uh, uh, most the, laptops <laughs> that's true um but yes microsoft is uh, is introducing the new ai key or big copilot key i think they're calling it it was the bing chat enterprise key no it's the copilot key now <laughs> um and uh, it from what i can see of the uh, the the sort of clip of an image it looks like it's going to to sit over on the right hand side of your keyboard just to the uh where the control the right hand control key should be normally it's
0: it's going to replace that key that you never use with the um hamburger on it uh
1: which which my keyboard and different
0: to mine well, my 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 keyboard's between the the alt g on the right and the control key it's got a a hamburger key uh, the square with three stripes in it.
1: Oh, the, the, which, the menu key, yeah. Yes, which yeah, I don't have you one never of those use, on this laptop. You never use that on the keyboard
0: because you're always going pointy clicky with the <laughs> mouse for the menu.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that, anyway, uh, the, the idea is that by, by putting the Copilot key on the keyboard as a first class citizen, um, it's encouraging you to uh, to constantly think um, about whether, uh, whether Microsoft Copilot could help you with the bit of work that you're currently doing. Mm. Yes, we'll Cl- that one
0: there. Clippy is having envy from its grave. Um, <laughs> sticking in the world of AI and uh, yep. some interesting People news. People who might
1: from, use the copilot key.
0: Yeah, some interesting news. I mean, we've talked about lawsuits and so on, but um, uh, the Courts and Tribunals Judiciary, <laughs> uh, which is the uh, governing body of judges in England and Wales, has uh, said that um, AI can be used to write legal opinions opinions.
1: Now th- this is an interesting one because can it be re- what what they've said is that you can use AI but what you produce is still your responsibility. Yep. So yeah, you can use tools to help you in the same way as we write yeah, we we all use spell autocorrect teachers. and spell check <laughs> and and uh, and all of those tools. Um, But ultimately, if it's your name on the bottom of that document, then you are taking responsibility for it. And so that means that if you use some of these machine learning tools to help you write a document, because it's a quicker way of writing text, you need to make sure that what it said is true and represents your opinion.
0: Yes, and also is uh, legal and correct for English or Welsh law.
1: Yeah. Of course, there's there's also a little bit of a side note here, which is um, that a lot of these legal judgments are not public until they have been released. And so you need to be very careful if you're working in this legal context, um, that by submitting the text that you're working on to an AI service, which is not normally running on your computer, it's normally being run by yeah. some cloud computing company, uh, that you're not inadvertently breaking confidence and leaking that opinion before it has been released. <laughs>
0: Yes, I know a lot of research organisations and certainly a lot in Cambridge are telling their researchers and scientists to not submit stuff to AI tools because effectively you're bleeding corporate assets straight out the door and possibly to a company that could effectively compete. You know, if if the likes of Apple had an AI and they they are thinking about it and you asked it a question and you happen to be working for Microsoft and you asked Apple's AI instead of ChatGPT you could be giving a, a corporate secret away.
1: Uh, and certainly this is something I think a lot of companies are looking at very carefully where they are using AI tools is what are the contractual protections here? How are they guaranteeing that their data, their their intellectual property isn't being inadvertently shared, even if some other companies is, is handling that data along the way? Yes. Finally then, uh, for the moment, uh, gaming and we might see the the next generation of the nintendo switch console i'm trying to think when the, the last switch came out it was about uh, 2017 yeah
0: um and of course they did bring out an interim new one by bringing out the oled version so a better screen using effectively the yes. same sort of screens that are in mobile phones uh so a better screen than the led screens uh, that were on the original uh nintendo switch which you can still buy you can still buy them because they're the budget yeah. version effectively uh still a great screen but the OLED one just being a nicer screen. So, uh, yeah, 2017 is a reasonable time to think about a version 2. What they will do for a version 2 is interesting. We don't know anything yet, but uh, that's no the general
1: thoughts. If nothing else is going to be yeah, uh, 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 seven years, yeah, seven years yeah. old... Um, they're going to have have problems sourcing some of the components they've used. Yeah, they, I would, they can't... Yeah. I suspect that whatever processor they used in the original Switch, they probably are going to struggle to buy more of soon, um, if not already. So they're going to have to do a, a V2, so you might as well take the marketing opportunity to actually bump up all of the other specs.
0: Yeah, the original Switch has got an ARM4 Cortex-A57, so yes, quite an old CPU in modern terms. Um, yep. Yeah. That's... Definitely going to be at the, the low end of CPUs today. So yes, I mean, a faster CPU in its own right is going to be better and give better game performance, allow game developers to write whizzier, fancier games. So yeah, all good for everyone in that ecosystem.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't think anyone's expecting anything revolutionary here. You know, it's probably going to be a better version of the same thing. You know, you're, you're probably, if you bought a Switch last month, you're probably not going to drop everything and go out by a, a switch no, too no. but maybe if your current one's getting a bit tired or if you haven't got one at the moment then it's going to be a, a, a nice little uh, bump up if you can hang on for a, a few months until we get the uh, the next version yeah sometime this year possibly excellent ces 2024 up next cambridge 105 radio In 1960s Cambridge, the Rolling Stones performed at the Rex Ballroom, Chris Farlow was on stage at the Alley Club, and Helen Shapiro played live at the Regal Cinema. On Sunday mornings, John Gannon takes you back to the swinging 60s with music and memories. John Gannon's 60s scene, Sunday mornings at 8 on Cambridge 105 Radio. Listen live on Radio Player.
0: So, you want to promote and grow your business? Well, here's an idea. Get it in front of more people with a city centre location. Get a stall at Cambridge Market. With thousands of local customers, a stall at our bustling traditional market is the perfect place to promote your business and your products to potential customers. Get a stall from just £10 a day. Visit cambridge.gov.uk slash markets to get your application started today. CKLG accountants are a friendly team of accountants and tax advisors with big firm expertise.
1: I'm Sarah, one of CKLG's friendly tax advisors. Cambridge has one of the highest proportions of startups and early stage businesses in the UK. If you have an idea for a new business and are ready to get started, we can help you tackle the accounting, tax and financial challenges you will encounter.
0: To find out more, call us on Cambridge
1: 810100 to arrange an initial chat with one of us Specialists, or visit our website, cklg.co.uk. CKLG Accountants, your partner in business, your partner in life. Cambridge 105 Radio where you're listening to The Gadget Guide. And we're going to be talking in a few moments time about working better from home. Yeah, many of us still doing it, at least part of the time. Uh, But first, a look at CES 2024. So this is uh, what was originally the Consumer Electronics Show. And it's the 100th anniversary yes technology has been (laughs) has been around uh (laughs) in our lives for that long yes
0: these the consumer technology association that runs ces are 100 years old this year uh it was originally started as the radio manufacturers of the united states wow and rebranded and so on because radio was really the first electronics that people might have had in the home
1: There you go. We heard it here first. Uh, Cambridge 105 Radio not going for quite that long just yet. (laughs) Hopefully (laughs) we'll get there. So CS
0: 2024 opens on the 9th of January. So the next few shows we'll look at some of the tech that gets launched from concept ideas that are possibly never going to be real products to things that you'll be able to find in your favourite retailers soon
1: and there is that complete spectrum isn't there because there, there there's often a few a few themes and we'll we'll come on to some of those in a sec um that that are very big each year and some of them become the norm 4k 4k tvs everyone yeah you Laser wouldn't go and buy one, one that the isn't day
0: vhs tape back in the day but this yep. year it looks like it's going to be ai everything
1: yeah, um, and and there are also, by the same token, there are some that are very big for a year and then they sort of quietly go 3D away. 3 TV? 3D TVs. Are curved TVs? Curved. I'm curved not on the fence about whether that went away or not. It's sort of a bit of a thing, but not the big thing that it was going to be, if that makes <laughs> sense. There, there's still of, some of them, but no one's excited about it.
0: Quite a lot of laser projectors um, on this year's lineup by the looks of things. So that's uh, an really interesting. interesting one for, for home. The home theater, um, but the tech, te- the CTA's tech trends to watch in 2024 were revealed on the 8th of January, and they include beyond generative AI and addressing and lots of panel discussions over the the period of CES 2024, looking at consumers' concerns on privacy. You know, if I'm talking to this AI thing, what happens to my private information? a lot of the disinformation and FUD around what AI can and can't do, and then also uh, thinking about safety, you know, telling it things that could be personal information that could leak, and also will it cause people to lose jobs?
1: And I guess this is, this is the sign of the market maturing a bit. You know, that we, We've gone past the, okay, here's the, the, the very impressive marketing sales pitch built out of kind of, uh, you know, paper and sticky tape to make it look good for a demo. We're now into, okay, now show me what it's actually like in real life. Yeah, and have yeah. you thought about? Um, and, and, uh, and of course, it, this is this is the really tough bit for any product's um, phase of, you know, you get over the excitement and then you get into this sort of trough of disillusionment uh, <laughs> as everyone realized that actually it's a little bit more complicated than maybe we first thought. And if you can push through that... Then you get into the mainstream adoption.
0: Yes, mm. you know, being able to but walk into you your can't. kitchen yeah. and talk to your appliance and tell it, you know, you know what's in my freezer because you cataloged it when I put it in. What can I make? And have yeah. it give you those sort of suggestions. You know, you haven't actually specified anything fancy in that request. You've asked your digital assistant, what What, what can I make? Can make, for make di- what can I make for dinner? And you could even go as far as with those sort of tools, what can I make in fifteen minutes?
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, But at the same time, addressing those concerns of, and now am I going to get adverts on my online grocery provider for the things that I cooked for dinner that I never told you about? Um, Yeah, it's that sort of thing where it's like, are people going to be okay with that? Or are they going to find it creepy? Are people going to worry about these things? Or are they going to accept it as a thing that makes and, their life more if convenient? And your first
0: grocery shop was from a big orange supermarket and your second one's from a big blue supermarket, why is that item in my shopping basket when I didn't buy it from you? Yes, those are of ideas. Uh, so it will be interesting to to watch that technology and see where it goes and how those privacy uh, ideas get dealt with. Other things that we're looking forward to, graphene battery technology which could reduce the materials footprint, so what it actually takes to make batteries by about 25% which is good for the environment.
1: I, I think hopefully we're going to see a whole bunch of uh, of battery tech advances. There there's graphene, which is the the carbon substance that you built the effectively the battery electrodes out of at the moment. Um that that's interesting, is made from some of the um uh the the kind of byproducts of coal processing. Um you get this stuff called carbon black which is is carbon with a very, very high surface area. Uh, graphene potentially taking that to the next level. Um Yeah, that that could could make our batteries more efficient. Um, Sodium ion batteries are the other uh, development that we're seeing on the horizon. Um, Yeah, this could move us away from things like lithium mining, which um, comes with environmental and social uh, costs and potentially makes high capacity batteries a lot cheaper. Um, not necessarily smaller, not lighter. Um, likely that lithium is going to be the thing if if something has to move around. So it's probably not going to be the thing going in your laptop or your phone anytime soon. Um, but maybe your home battery that's uh, the, that's letting you, you know make the most of any solar power you generate or make the most of cheap overnight electricity. Yeah, you know, doesn't really matter if that's a little bit bigger box if it's half the cost it's going to be a bit of a win so yeah watch out for battery technology i think over the next uh, course, next few ba- years
0: battery technology makes a big role in electric vehicles and that technology consumers apparently want bigger better and faster don't but we always not necessarily on land as the only place for electric vehicles and uh, there's an interesting bunch of electric boat motors being launched as well as electric vertical takeoff and landing flying
1: cars (laughs) now i'm i'm gonna go out there and bet that the boats go way further than the car the flying cars do like i i think electric boats is obviously going to happen it's a complete no-brainer we've got all the technology to do it today flying cars I'm gonna say that remains as a sci-fi thing for at least the next five years.
0: <laughs> yes. Also, if your battery runs flat in your boat, you get the well, oars and just
1: float. And, yeah, exactly. Float along <laughs> slight, for a bit.
0: Slight problem with your car. Um, in Vision, the thought of redefining the TV as an intelligence hub of the smart home is an interesting idea. So it becomes the big screen interface to everything smart in your home. Uh, in audio, and I guess we,
1: we're sort of going that route anyway, aren't we? It's more of us are integrating things yeah. like uh, Amazon Sticks and Google Chromecasts and Google TVs and that sort of thing. It's much less about watching what's on you know, coming down the aerial of the satellite.
0: And I think we're seeing a lot of the TV manufacturers going and thinking a lot more about their operating systems as being that smart hub, which will be quite cool. Uh, into audio, the rising social media streamers. Yes, streaming audio for, uh, as a social thing rather than just... You know, gaming, Twitch and so on, but more stuff happening in uh, just pure audio streaming and also super fans and monetizing that and podcasts. All growth points, according to the uh, CES and the Consumer Trade Association.
1: Yeah, very much so. And then, of course, gaming. Um, Yeah, we're we're continuing to see uh, huge strides in in gaming. And yeah, we're going to see more AI coming into game development. Of course, we've always had kind of the computer AI player. Uh, That's been something that's been around for a long time. But actually, how can AI help generate game content? How can it help write the games in the first place? How can it make them more realistic as they're playing? Maybe respond to how you're playing. and of course we we're going to get a lot more sort of virtual reality as as we've been seeing and in fact talking about earlier in this show.
0: And also there's apparently a good amount of retro gaming remakes
1: happening. Ah, interesting Classic stuff. Classic games
0: so- coming back to modern platforms.
1: So lots to cover uh, over the next uh, few gadget guys as some of the actual products come out of the uh, the, the CES 2024 show. Uh, and do stand by for those weeks, we're going to be bringing all the latest news on there. Um, last though, for today, we're going to be talking about how you can pull yourself away from those games and work a bit better from home uh, there we go that is swing out sister breakout on cambridge 105 radio uh you're listening to the gadget guide and we are working from home um yep it's something we've uh, many of us have been doing in some form or another since <laughs> since the start of 2020 or so, maybe even
0: uh before, before. Lockdown, you know it wasn't necessarily a brand new thing it just became a mandatory thing for a lot of people and has carried on where people have had employers willing to to actually let them carry on working from home not necessarily full-time sometimes it's become a hybrid you work sometime in the office you work sometime remotely Um, but regardless of how you're working from home and even if it's doing a side project and sitting in front of a computer at home there are probably ways to actually improve your experience
1: yeah very much so um so yeah we're in a position now where a lot of people are doing that that hybrid thing so um yeah for for jobs that suit it of course um about 60 percent of us are now yeah doing something from home so that that, as you say it might not be full-time it might not be uh um you know it might but not be none of the time but i i think certainly in the technology industry it's tending to be somewhere between kind of one and three days in the office and the rest of the time at, at home for for many people and this is kind of working well for for both parties really isn't it because it means less yeah. of a commute it yeah. means maybe a bit more flexibility uh, around your sort of work-life balance yeah you, know, you you can yeah you know, if you need to nip off and do a, a quick errand or something in the middle of the day it's easier to get down to the doctors or the pharmacy
0: C- crazy <laughs> things that friends of mine have said is i don't waste the weekend doing laundry because yes. you're at home, you can throw the laundry in, the washing machine does its thing, you can then throw it in the dryer, yep. the dryer does its thing. And there are all those tasks that you you'd spend time at the weekends doing and you know, it takes you a couple of minutes to leave your desk, go and do that and get back to your desk. And yeah, you're, you're saving time. They reckon that people who are saving time on, commu- on commuting are generally using up to half of that time to do proper work. So effectively, the company's getting more time out of you because you're using your commute time to do work.
1: Yeah, uh, and of course, from a company point of view, they're probably not having to maintain quite as much office space, uh, which is very expensive. Um, not having to deal with, your yeah, lost productivity as a result of traffic jams and, and all of that sort of thing. Um, and, and obviously, a little bit of an electricity saving. Although, arguably, that's just being passed on to um, <laughs> to, to to the employees. So maybe we shouldn't talk about that know, one too much. I think electricity
0: is cheaper than the petrol these days. Well,
1: that's uh, that's definitely true. So when we are working from home, um, yeah, there, there's probably maybe not quite so many meetings as, as you had when you were full time in person. Um, but those that do happen tend to be on a video conferencing platform. So whether that's Zoom or Teams or Google Meet, or I, I think there's a few others out there, but those are probably Mid-bix, the... the things. Yeah, that, that's Even if
0: it's not. just <laughs> Skype talking to your scout troop in the evenings rather than going to a scout hut... All of those are video conferencing things, and maybe you can do better with those. So some of the things that you might want to consider, you might be, you might have been given a, a headset by work. It might not be the most comfortable thing. The yep. upgrades are are a thing.
1: Yeah, and and I I have to say like before just throwing it in the bin. A a headset is generally the best, the thing that's going to give you the best sound quality and more importantly, the people you're speaking to are going to get the best sound quality from you having a headset on. Um, Compare that to particularly the microphone built into webcams or (laughs) built into laptop. That tends to be the worst possible thing. Um, No, actually, I'm going to put one more option on that's even worse than a webcam mic, and that is the microphone built into Apple AirPods. Because that they is are, truly terrible.
0: They are not they, great for for video calls.
1: They are they, okay, they're, they're, okay to a degree for telephone calls. They're, and they're okay for you. Like you yes. can hear fine, fine. The people you are speaking to will have a horrible, horrible experience if yes. you're using your AirPods um, to, to talk to them. So please <laughs> avoid that temptation. Uh, avoid the temptation to use your, uh, your webcam's microphone. Um, and... Yeah, If you don't like having a headset on, if you really don't, um, maybe consider something like a conference speaker.
0: Yes, Jabra do a range of speaker phones. Their Speak 510 starts at about £90. Great little unit, USB chargeable, so it's got a battery in it. can do Bluetooth as well, so you don't actually have it attached to a computer if you've got Bluetooth. Um, but here's a pro tip. You might already have a Bluetooth speaker that might have a microphone in it.
1: And do think. Some I seem to remember YouTube the the yeah the anchor. I think the anchor soundcore, which we've um, w- talked about a couple of uh, times. I believe that that does have yes, it does have a uh, a microphone and in that it. Might so might
0: be okay. Obviously, do a test call with a colleague who you trust to give you honest opinions, and see what they think of the audio quality of the microphone.
1: Yeah. Now, as but well as m- microphones, you might have
0: a free upgrade that way. Uh, Cameras.
1: Uh, yeah. So again, you might have a camera built into your laptop. Many of those aren't too bad now, as long as you get them in the right position. Um, Dell went through a very unfortunate uh, period where they put the the camera at the bottom of the laptop screen. So all (laughs) you got was a view of everyone's nostrils. They've seen the error of their ways now, it's back up at the top, but if you can maybe get your laptop up on a little bit of a stand, um, as long as you're using an external keyboard or mouse of course, um, and get the camera positioned about in line with your eyes, then that's generally going to give a much more natural picture um, than if it's a bit lower. Just Google
0: rule of thirds for photography and use the same idea to position yourself in the frame with your webcam for Mm. video calls, so your eyes want to be in that top third line for you to look more natural on screen
1: now as well as getting the camera in the right position you also want to consider the lighting um so watch out the the biggest thing that can can mess up your lighting is if there is a strong light source behind you so if you're sitting with your back to a window um then particularly if it's a south facing window um particularly as we head into the longer days um that is likely to cause a lot of problem you're basically going to end up looking like a silhouette Um, So do watch out for uh, for your position and maybe think about whether you can rearrange the desk in your office.
0: Yeah, you don't want to be actors we use to replace this employee (laughs) because all you look like is a black shadow. Um, Things that you can do if you can't do that and you can't change your layout of your room, consider a ring light or just a desk lamp giving yourself Mm. that spotlight in the face, lighting your face because you'll look better on screen if you are well lit.
1: Yeah, very much so, and that's of course going to lead to uh, to more productive, more engaging meetings if people can, uh, you know, actually see you well. Do remember, of course, if you are working from home, um, that most video conferencing software has the blur my background feature. Um, so, yeah, if your home office maybe isn't the tidiest, or maybe you don't have a dedicated home office, um, and you just want to keep the rest of life. Out of your work video conferencing calls, the blur your background feature is often very powerful for uh, for just keeping all those other distractions out uh, of the background. Maybe it's the kids, maybe it's the pets, um, and you know keeping things focused on yourself.
0: Since we're in video conferencing, one interesting gadget that you might want to consider, and you can start with a passive one first. And this is a inner a meeting door hanger, like you'd hang on the hotel door mm. saying "Do not disturb" to hang on your home office door, so that the rest of the household knows don't bug me I'm on calls or whatever um, but you can get LED busy lights if you just search for LED busy lights these are units that you could you plug a dongle into your machine that detects whether you're on a call and it doesn't matter if you're using Skype or Teams any of those platforms that are all supported a little bit of a software possibly install and then this will go red when you're on a call and green when you're free and you can manually change it as well
1: yeah, very, uh, very good. Um, you can also get some of those that integrate into your video calling software, but that's probably uh, another one for a, no, another mo- day. Most of
0: those ones plug straight into uh, all of those standard conferencing tools, so it will detect Teams and Zoom and everything and know that you're in a call. Um, so that's that's something to think about, just to make your uh, rest of your household aware of your your needs.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Um, now, something that can actually make your workstation, you know, your desk or, or whatever it is you're working from, um, a little bit more comfortable to uh, to to use. And the first thing is, you know, eyewear. Are you, are you, have you got the right glasses? Have you got the right um, eye protection or eye protection? It sounds like you're wearing safety goggles at home, but but actually, you know, would something that blocks out some of the the blue light um, help, particularly if you're working late at night, uh, maybe doing shift work? Um, you know. Is that going to help you to, uh, to to get to sleep better? Maybe just reduce some eye strain a bit. Um, you can either get cl- sort of effectively sunglasses for the computer um, or in a lot of modern operating systems, um, you can turn on something like uh, nighttime mode or, uh, or sleep mode um, in, the, uh, in the display settings. Certainly
0: in Windows 11, it's called Night Light and you can schedule it. You can tell it to do it on or after sunrise to turn it off and to schedule it for sunset. So it yeah. will adjust throughout the year, and you can set the varying amount of of how warm you want to make the colours versus blue, uh, and yeah, that is scientifically proven to be more comfortable
1: on the eyes. Uh, now, from eyes to to hands, um, and that's you know what mouse and keyboard are you using because if you know if you do have a work laptop um, and you're just taking it home, that's probably not the you know, the built in keyboard and uh, and touchpad is probably not the most comfortable thing for extended periods of use. It's great for, for when you're on the move.
0: And even most manufacturers will say that you shouldn't really use that as the primary all yeah, the time. Yeah, not
1: for your eight hours a day. It's,
0: it's not a great interface to use.
1: So yeah, do consider a, a decent keyboard and mouse. Um, now. What decent means is going to vary for different people because the the shape of your hands and the comfortable oper- uh, sort of operating position for you is going to be different to what's best for me. So your best bet here is to just try some different keyboards and mice, pop, pop find the one that works.
0: High street retailers still have keyboards and mice so you can pop into the likes of a PC World Curry's and feel and touch do it um you might be able to find them cheaper online afterwards but you know do do a bit of uh, market research that way of course then from hands to bums and we're all sitting on a seat um, are we sitting on the best seat can we make it more comfortable Do do we need to think about a new chair or maybe just a lumbar pillow or a memory foam foam cushion Mm. this had me going off and looking at online shopping and I have a memory foam cushion arriving tomorrow um,
1: ah, very nice we'll, uh, <laughs> uh, wait to hear you, what it sounds uh, what it feels though, like
0: even though my chair is a gaming chair and it's relatively new and it's quite comfy I just looked at that and went yeah because occasionally you still get that twinge in your posterior and your back and you go I've probably been sitting too long can I make that better think about well, the,
1: the one, one option for uh for, for avoiding that is not to sit for so long and yeah. we're seeing a lot more sit stand desks so this is desks where you can sit down as you normally would have done for, for part of the day and then actually take a break, change your position and work standing up. There's a couple of ways you can do this. You can either get a whole desk that goes up and down, um, you can either buy it as a desk ready to go with motorized legs or you can sort of do a bit of a DIY thing and buy just the legs. Yes. and put them onto a desktop of your choice. Yes. Um, slightly cheaper option is you can get sit-stand converters. So this is a, a sort of bonus desktop that you sit on top of your normal desk, and then it sort of has a, a pivot mechanism so that you can lift that up and it converts it into that standing position. So, yeah, you again, you don't need to spend as much as, as a full sit-stand desk.
0: Certainly have a bit of research, but converting an existing desk great way to get started um other things to think about around your workspace just things like air purifiers dehumidifiers humidifiers just get the air nice and comfortable and a couple of things i threw in just things like have you got a smart doorbell yet so you can not miss that next delivery mm-hmm. of that next bit of tech gear that you bought
1: yeah very uh, very true um yeah, we, we've talked about a lot of this. If you are doing this as part of your job, then you should, of course, speak to, uh, to your employer, speak to the um, kind of health and safety team there. They should be able to help you out with any equipment that you do need to do your job safely and effectively, um, and they might be able to provide some of this for you.
0: The Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Centre for Computing History, Cambridge. Making the history of computing fun for everyone. Visit
1: computinghistory.org.uk to find out more.